welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Hallelujah! Amen! We serve a mighty God who does glorious things. He does mighty things. And listen, listen, listen. Uh, before I go any further, let, let me just say this, that it's okay to be excited about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Now, we do not need the approval of the world in other for us to be excited about Jesus and express our excitement about Jesus. Everybody's crazy about something. People are, are excited about all kinds of things. People are excited about politics, football, football stars, fashion, movie, what, what not. It's okay to be excited about Jesus. Mm. Bible says that he's the, the, the bishop and the shepherd of my soul. First, first Peter chapter 2, verse 25. He's the bishop. He's the shepherd of our soul. He's the bishop. He loved us. Even when we were unlovable, he loved us. We, uh, he, he is the bishop, he's the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. He's not our body. People will like your body. People will like your money, but not your soul. Mm. Not your, the, the seat of your being. On a Valentine's Day like this, people are busy liking people for their money, for their car, for their looks, for their body, for their, the way they feel around the people but not what they don't like about the person. Not what, not what the people, the real you. Some people can stand your money. They can remain your friends as long as you have money. Don't have money and see. Some people can remain your friends and love you and tell you, I love you, a BBF or BFF, sorry. <laughs> you are BFF, best friends forever. As long as you take for them. You are the way they want you to be. But if you are no more like that, you will see that you are actually their friends. So we are with you. We are with you. They will be with you for two weeks. They'll be with you for three weeks. If your case and your problem still persists, they have to move on with their lives. I hope you get what I'm talking about. Some of us even have relatives, relatives who were so much part of our family, family friends who were so much there when granddad was around, when dad was around, and when he was alive, when mom was alive, and there was so much money and opportunity. They were like our best friends until we lost everything and they were gone. They were gone. Uncle doesn't even mind you again. Uncle, I thought your dad is very closest brother. He doesn't mind you because man, they are minding their business. No, so, so human beings have the propensity to let you down, but not the, the bishop and the shepherd of your soul. He loves you. He loves you just the way you are. Just that he will not leave you just the way you are. I remember last two weeks, one of our, uh, the sisters in church um, sent a message, sent me a message. Pastor, thank you so much for loving me the way I, just as I am. I responded. Sometimes I'm so busy, I'm not able to respond to messages and stuff like that. But this one, I had to interrupt everything I was doing and I respond. I don't, 
I don't love you the way you, I love you the way you will be. I know you are changing. So I don't mean stay in that mess. And so pastor said, pastor assess me. No, I don't accept you the way you are. I accept you the way you'll be. In other words, I'm not dealing with you with your past. I'm dealing with you based on what I believe is in you. How great you are going to be. How a better person you'll be. How a glorious person you'll be. How the hand of God is coming upon you. How God will favor you. Now, Jesus loves us. Even when we were in mess, he loved us. Romans says that whilst we were yet sinners, God demonstrated his said, God said, you want you to know how much I love you. Okay. Whilst you are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. Romans chapter five. Whilst we were yet, we didn't have to finish sinning. We didn't have to. He said, whilst we were still. So whilst we were still in the mood of sin, Christ actually not, he forgave us. He actually died for us. That's a serious one. That's the serious one. Because I think earlier part of the verse, he said, uh, a, 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 a good person, somebody may attempt to die for, if you are good. But a righteous person, no one bother because you are fine. But as we, we Jesus Christ, He died for us. So it says, scarcely for a righteous man will somebody die. Okay, will one uh, will, will one die? Yet perhaps for a good one, a good person would even uh, perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to because this person is so good. Let me. Try. An extreme, in extreme case scenario, they will give somebody will give his life for the prime minister or for the pre- president to protect him because he's a good man, he's an important person. Mm. But why would you die for an armed robber? Someone, an robber who is killing people, someone is, uh, is going to die, and then you say, No, let me die for the armed Jesus Bible says that God loved us so much that when we were still in mess, yeah. in our mess, he died for us. When we were still, this, this is how God demonstrated in verse 8. He says that for God demonstrated his love towards us in this way. That's whilst, therefore God demonstrates his love, his, his own love towards us, in that whilst we were still, King James says we were yet sinners. New King James says we were still sinners. We didn't become righteous before he died for us. We were still, so now watch this. The argument here is this. Now that you are no longer a sinner, when I say no longer a sinner, a sinner here is not someone who is able to sin. A sinner here is someone who doesn't have Christ, who is an enemy of God, okay? So whilst we were yet enemies of God, he died for us. How much more now that we are friends, now that we are sons? Hallelujah! That is why I believe that tonight, oh boy, I feel like preaching. That is why I believe that tonight somebody is receiving your testimony, divine Amen. intervention, divine favor, divine inter- supernatural Amen. acceleration. Amen. So shall it be in Amen. the name of Jesus. Amen. This is how Romans 8, 32 puts it. If God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with say with 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 him? So if you have him, other things come with him. Some people don't have him, but they want what we have with Christ. They want that one. They want what we have that comes with being with Christ. They want they want the joy we have with Christ. They want the peace we have with Christ. They want they want the divine security we have with Christ. They want, but not the Christ. No, it doesn't happen like that. God gives us with Christ. 
Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added, not replaced. It shall be added. The kingdom of God is the foundation. It's like when a woman is doing their, some women are doing their makeup, they need foundation because there's so much holes in their face. So they need foundation to smoothen it like a leather. <laughs> a calf skin leather. Then they can apply the makeup. So in the same way, you need a foundation. The foundation of anything you can receive or we are entitled to, we are, you can receive some things without Christ, but you are not entitled to them without Christ. Pastor, can you explain it? When you are not born again, you can still receive some miracles. You can still receive some healing. You can still receive certain type of, maybe someone prayed for you and God is blessing you. Somebody prayed for you. You encountered a prophet. He spoke into your life and everything changed. That is a bonus by virtue of who is connected to you or who you are associated with or you who you are exposed to. All right. However, when if you are not born again, it's not your entitlement. Those of us who are born again, it is our entitlement. Give us this day our day. It's not somebody, it's our own. When you are a child of God, there's daily allocation for you every day. Give us this day our daily bread because it's a, an entitlement. It's sonship rights, sonship right. It is your right in God to be, to be blessed. It's your right in God to receive certain things that are necessary for the fulfillment of your assignment in life and for, for living the life you, God meant as meant for you to live. It is your right. It's your right to be able to tell the devil, get, get me behind me, Satan. It is your right to receive the kingdom. John, Luke chapter 12, 32 or so, he says, it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. It is the father's, the, uh, uh, do not fear, little flock, for it is, your fa- it, it is your father's good pleasure. He must be your father first. So he said, how will he not also with Christ freely? I like that word freely over there. It's a very powerful word, freely. Freely, buy one, get one free. This one is more than that. Freely, you know. So God also has, has got some freebies. Some freebies. Some time ago, someone went to the shop and he said, okay, they said this is buy one, get one free. So the, the one, the other one is free. Okay, so can I have the other one without buying this one? Can I have the free one? No, it's not free until you buy this one. As soon as you buy this one, it triggers the free, free, the freeness of that one. If you have not bought that one, you are not entitled to that freedom or that, that free, free beast, free beast. So in the same way, once we have Christ, we, we have freebies, the freebies of life. Oh, I feel like preaching about the freebies of, <laughs> hallelujah. The, listen, good health is part of your covenant stand or right in God. Mm-hmm. Good health is part of it. So are you trying to say anyone who is born again and doesn't have good health is a sinner? No, 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 no. Please don't get it wrong. Don't get it. You see, the fact that you have entitlement to something doesn't mean you will go and claim it. You might have entitlement to something, but doesn't mean you, have, you are aware of it and you are born for it. So when you become born again, it is a new era, an era of freedom and freebies in God, an era of freedom. But if no one teaches you some of the liberties you have and or the blessings, the blessings rather, 
the sins you have in God, the opportunity you have in God, if you are not taught, you might not know. You might not know that you can tell Satan, get out of this house and Satan will obey. Mm. Because it's called the believer's authority. The believer's authority. As soon as you are in Christ, there's so much that is going for you. The only thing is you, you might not know. That is why we have to be taught the words of God, the word of God, the ways of God. And guess what? We have to be taught our, our rights, our privileges in the scriptures, our privileges, our opportunities, our rights in, in, in the scriptures that give us right and an, up, an upper hand in life. Tonight, I am very happy to announce to you that somebody has moved into a new phase of your destiny. Amen. You have moved into a new phase of your destiny. Amen. He who did not spare his son but gave him up for us. So on a Valentine's Day like this, the biggest gift in life is Christ. And Christ Amen. is not only one gift. It's Christ and freebies. He comes with a lot of freebies. Freebies like what? Blessed job. Freebies like what? Peace of mind. Freebies like what? Sound sleep. Bible said he giveth his beloved sleep. Okay, sound sleep. Freebies like what? Healing, health, good health. Freebies like what? Um, things in life work for you. All things work together for good. Freebies. So there are freebies, so many freebies. Freebies like your children will not fail in life. Your children will do well. Freebies Amen. like um, you see progress in life. You don't, you don't stagnate or you don't retrogress. You see progress. Freebies like we have the mind of Christ. Freebies like favor, favor, favor. I'm telling you, favor. Favor Amen. is a big one. Favor is a big one. Bible says that he grew in the favor with God and favor with man. Bible says God gave Joseph favor. God can give you favor. When you are born again, there are certain areas you can have favor for. I'm telling you, you have some favors for some things. I see it's being triggered in your life in the name of Jesus. And so the best gift in life is Christ because Christ guarantees our position in God. He guarantees our eternal security, but not just that. Even on this earth, receiving Christ comes with freebies, freebies. So we have freedom and we have freebies. He freely gives all the, said, shall he not also, if he did not spare his son, but gave him up for us, shall, how shall he not with him also freely give us how many things? All things. You have to de determine what the all things, so long as the, uh, our, our relationship and blessedness in God is concerned. All things, all things. He gives us freely everything you need to make life the way it should be. Bible says that it is also given to us in Christ. Hallelujah. So I'm saying all these things to announce to you that what a glorious day today Amen. is. And not just that, it's a glorious day because you are begin, you are somebody is about to step into your inheritance in Christ. You are about to step in your <laughs> you are about to step into your inheritance. You are about to step into your inheritance. Someone said, I'm someone say, I am stepping into my inheritance. I'm stepping into my inheritance. I'm stepping into my heritage in Christ. 
Hallelujah. So you are you are stepping into your inherit inheritance. You are stepping into your heritage because it's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new era for you. And it shall happen for you in the mighty name of Jesus. You might have gone through a bit in life. You might have gone through a bit this year. You might have gone through all kinds of worries and frustrations and challenges. But I have good news for you. Your The story is changing from today. I'm prophesying now. I am prophesying now. I am prophesying. The, the case, your story is changing from today because your case is different from today. Everything is turning around. Everything is changing for you. Receive a change. Oh, receive a change of story. Receive a change of story. Receive a change of story. If you believe it, shout a living hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout a believing amen. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Shout glory. Let me just round up this. What it takes to provoke a miracle. Someone shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I said, in the first place, it takes the word of God. You need a word from God. God works with his word. So what does it take to provoke a miracle? You need to hear a word, either from a book, from, from the word of God, as you read, or you hear preaching, or you hear somebody's testimony. Or, the word must get to you. The word that contains the works of God, the word. So it takes, and actually, you need to find a, a word from God which you can stand on it. In Ezekiel chapter 37, he said, and I prophesied as I was commanded. I was commanded and I prophesied as I was commanded. Right. So his prophesying was on the basis of the word that was given to him or the command that came. It's a word that commanded him. Abraham, from what we saw yesterday, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, God took him out, showed him the stars, and he said, so shall thy seed be. That's why he said, so shall thy seed be. Shall we all say it together? So, so shall, shall thy seed be. be. Uh, can we say it again one more time, please? So Friend, shall, shall thy, thy seed be. be. So God told him, so, so shall thy seed be. So, but when you look at the next verse, verse 6, says that, and he believed the Lord and it was accounted for him for righteousness. What's the next verse? The, verse, the next verse says that, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee. And then the, com- the conversation and the story continues. But we, we, we didn't see certain details until you go to Romans chapter 4 from verse 17. And Bible talks about who against hope, Abraham. Okay. Uh, so, sorry, first, from verse 17, said that as it was... Verse 17, please. As it was written, I've made you a father of many nations. Before whom? Before, before him whom Abraham believed, that is even God, who quickens the dead and calls the things that be not as though they were. Verse 18. Whom against hope? Talking about Abraham. Abraham against hope believed in hope or believed hoping. He believed hoping, even though you, yesterday I explained it, even though there's no grounds for you to be hoping that something will happen, he chose because, watch this, he believed against, okay, whom against 
hope, believed in hope. Okay, so when it's, you know, it's like, not like I believe in, in hoping, I believe in love, I believe in car, I believe in money, I believe in niceness. No, he's talking about he believed, his believing was a hopeful belief. Okay, so his belief was baptized in a certain hope. Do you understand that? So Bible says in Hebrews chapter um, 11, verse 1, it says that faith is the substance of things what hoped for. You can never have faith without hope. The definition of faith is faith gives substance. It gives, it gives material reality. Okay, material reality. Or it gives its tangibility. You might not even see it. You might not physically see it. But in your understanding and in your world, it is real. So faith gives substance. The best word is actually substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You can't have faith when there is no hope. And so Abraham believed hoping. So his hope, what he wanted became the platform of what the faith was about. Okay, so what did he believe? That he might become the father of many nations. And this statement that he will become the father of many nations, it wasn't his idea. It was the idea of the faithful God. So God came to him, showed him the star, and said, this shall your, that so shall your seed be. What is that he might become the father of many nations, please back to Romans, that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. You remember what was spoken in Genesis chapter 5, 15 verse 5. God told him, so shall your seed be. So Abraham also believed in hope. His hope was hinged of so shall your seed be. That was the platform for his faith. Now go to the next verse and see. And he was being not weak in faith, he did not, he considered not, or in other words, he did not consider his own body, which was 100 years old, and his wife whom. But look at the next verse, verse 20. He staggered not at what the promise of God. That is, the, the promise of God is the word of God. His miracle was hinged on the promise of God. Now, his hope was, he, he, God spoke a word, and he decided to latch, latch onto the word. Hold onto the word in hope that this thing will happen. Like we had our sister. She said, no, God is praying and people are receiving it. I'm expecting that I'll receive this healing. I'll receive my healing. So she, 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 she hinged her faith on what she has seen God doing. Now, Abraham and somebody came and says that the pastor said that there's restoration of marriage. Someone whose husband has left is coming back. She said, ah, you release my faith to believe in this. There was a word. There was a word. So to be able to provoke faith, uh, so a miracle, the, the mass, Abraham did not stand at the promise because it's the word that starts everything. The word that the hope was built on the word. His, his consistency was built on the word. So the word is what, watch this. Miracle are a manifestation of the word. So if you are believing God for a miracle, what is the word that is going to manifest into the miracle then? So there is a word. Number two, as I explained, 
to, to provoke a miracle, you need a word you hold on to and push the word. Number two, you need to have strong faith. We saw Abraham, Bible said he did not stagger, verse 20 of Romans chapter four, he staggered not at the promise of God, but was strong in faith. So if the devil wants you to lose your miracle, guess what he'll do? He'll try and put in systems to weaken your faith. You heard one, one sister said that, I was believing God and I lost so much money after fasting. I started questioning my faith. I said, yes, 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 yes. But thank God for Encounter Fest. Encounter Fest didn't give her the chance to question it to the end. Because she, when you are in such an environment, sometimes your questions get answered by somebody's testimony. It begins to put it back in your hands that uh, if I can believe, maybe I can also get like this. So you are not free to doubt to the end, because what you are seeing is only a fool that would doubt proofs. It is foolishness, as Bishop Wade puts it, to doubt proofs. There are proofs. I mean, well, only a fool say the, the evidence, there's a pen here. This is the evidence that he had a pen with him. And I said, no, it's not a pen. I doubt it. This is not a pen. It's, it's, it's not a pen. It's, bis it's biscuits. <laughs> no. You've, 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 you've used it to write. You finished writing and said, oh, still, I, me, I, to Mr. Ronga, I say it's not a pen, it's a biscuit. No, or you bite it, you bit it, and it's not working. And it's, it, you would, if you doubt proofs, it is, it's, a, it's madness. Mm -hmm. And so when, what, the way God is leaving so much footprints in our midst, people on the platform are seeing the works of God that it gives you the opportunity to boost your faith because Satan will also use certain negative trends, negative occurrence. You fasted and after the fasting, something negative happens. After the fasting, what you are believing God for didn't happen. You fasted and fasted, you are believing God. This will happen and rather the opposite happened. And so you begin to doubt. So Satan's job is to weaken your faith. But Abraham was strong in faith. When you are strong in faith, like the woman, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the woman whose child was sick and begged Jesus. Jesus said, I can't give the children's, I, I, I'm not giving the children's bread to the dogs. The woman said, no, but the dogs, the dogs will. Jesus said, oh, verse 20, 20, Jesus said, great is thy faith, O woman. And I don't take for granted uh, phrases or words like, oh. Oh, it's kind of, it, it adds some passion to it. Oh, woman. Oh, may heaven say about you, oh, lady. Oh, gentleman. Oh, Robert. Oh, Roberta. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michaela. May, may heaven say about you that, oh, great is your faith. Great is your faith. Why? Because great faith, watch this, great faith does not give up. Yesterday, did I tell you how to build great faith? Yeah, how to build great faith is to load up the word in your system, be spiritual, grow your love for the Lord, and follow um, leaders of faith. All right, so grow your faith. You, I see someone having great faith. Amen. Amen. Brother, sister, great faith equals to miracle. It, it equals to manifestation of the power of God. Great faith. So you want to see the great faith? Uh, you want to see the manifestation of miracle? You need strong faith or great faith. 
an unyielding faith is, is another way to put it is stubborn faith or aggressive faith. Aggressive. I believe God said, God said it, that he'll pay for it. If God said it, I am going to make sure that it works. I'm holding on to it. I'm holding on to it. Great faith. To provoke miracle, you need the word of God. You need strong faith. And then number three, you need a prophetic encounter. Prophetic encounter. You hear many testimonies. Now, a lot of people who are religious tend to have slight problems with stuff like that. And I thank God for God's servant's declaration. But it wasn't in the declaration. <laughs> but why? Why is it always God saying, but who else? How did Jesus do it through us? How did Jesus do it? Oh, but, but there are other God servants and they are uh, like Ben, he also prayed. Yeah, so go and share the testimony on the penny. <laughs> Is there any Ben here? No, Ben hasn't come here. Even our Papa, Bishop Edepo, haven't come here. But the grace that is working on this great man is the same grace. If you are in a meeting and Bishop Edepo is ministry and he declares and you release your faith in the prophetic declaration, you will have, if you have your testimony, glory to God. But God is working here. If it is Pastor Charles who is preaching or Pastor Awo who is preaching, Pastor Fra, if any of them is preaching and there's a grace and the same grace is flowing, it is, I thank God for the declarations Pastor Charles made the other time. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So you need a pro one way or the other, there must be some prophetic encounters with prophetic utterances. The use, watch this, the, the, the prof, a prophet, one of the signs of a prophet, when I say a prophet, I'm not talking about someone who is just seeing visions. I'm talking about a channel, an agent of God for relief of human misery, human sufferings, and uh, for re releasing of people's testimonies, agent. So any, any man of God operating that is the prophetic flow, okay? It's the prophetic flow. So I thank God for the prophet, not because he's Moses, not because he's Elijah, but because he's the agent, the vessel to God, God uses vessels. And the, it's just, I quoted this the other time. He that receives a prophet, shall, shall receive, uh, in the name of a prophet, shall receive a prophet's reward. You have received him, but you receive him as a prophet. If you receive him as a prophet, in the name of, don't underestimate, in the name of a prophet. Sometimes you can receive a prophet in the name of a brother. Mm -hmm. Is it possible you have received a prophet in the name of just a, a pastor or just a teacher or just a brother because it's your cousin or because you're, you receive a prophet in the name of a friend, you get a friend's reward. You don't get a prophet's reward. So this, this is important. When God, to provoke a miracle, you see a prophet and you, you can testify that the grace of God is upon this person. You receive the, you receive the person as a prophet. In the book of um, 2 Kings chapter 9, let me check my notes, just make sure I got it. In the book of 2 um, Kings chapter 4, verse 9 downwards, Bible talks about how I like the, the, the verse man, actually. Verse 7 from verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God. Um, no, no. All right. Let's go to verse 8. Verse 8. And then she said, all right. Verse, verse 8. And it fell on it that Elisha passed by Shunem, Shunem, where was a great woman. Say great woman. Thank God, God is raising some great women on this platform, a woman, Dorcas, hallelujah. Where there was a great woman, and she constrained her, 
She constrained him to eat bread. Do you know what I mean? Like Dorcas in Acts chapter 16. Please, if you found me a believer, please come to my house and stay there. They, they, forced, they, they forced, please receive this. He constrained the man of God. He said, please, please. You know, it's like they force you to receive a blessing. They, force, they, they just look for an opportunity to be a blessing to you. So she constrained the man of God to eat bread. Please, eat something. Eat, please, eat something. And so it was that as as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. <laughs> prophetic, the, the, the prophetic treatment. Every time he passed by, she knew that this rich woman there, anytime I'm in town, I just go to her house and I'll be, I'll, I'll be giving the, one of the best dinners. So every time he's coming to town, he doesn't eat in a way. He knows that he's coming to the woman's house when he gets there. She, because she, that's what she wanted. I'm sure some friends will be saying, but why do you have to always give him like that? But she said, I know he's a man of God. Now watch it. Go to the next verse. Oh, I have to. <laughs> and she said unto her husband, this great woman, you see why, why some people are great. She said unto her husband, behold, now I perceive this is an holy man of God, which passes by us continually. She, she, saw, she noticed that this man, there's a grace on his life. And we let he's passing regularly. He's using that. We come into contact with him every day. We can see him coming, passing by. But I know he's a great man of God. This is a holy man of God. She said, I perceive. I, I, I know there's something unique about this man of God. He, the hand of God is on his life. And this shoes woman of Shushem, Shunem, said, I perceive. This man of God who has been passing by continually. He's a great man of God. So verse 10, she convinced the, her husband. Let us make a little chamber. I pray thee on the wall. Those days they have a big house. So he said, let's build an annex in our house on the wall. So that, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. Let's finish it so well. Why? And it shall be when he comes to us that he shall turn in. In other words, let's make a room for him. Let's build, let's build a room, a special apartment for him. So anytime he's in town, he doesn't stay in the hotel. He comes to stay there and it's not for us, it's for him. No one goes there. It's, it's always cared for, cleaned and furnished for him. When he comes, he knows he has a house there. He has an apartment. Wow, I see God raising somebody great who will build an apartment. We will build an apartment for a man of God. We will build a, a, a place for a man of God. You will build, you will build something. You will erect something for a man of God or for the work of God. Wow, I am preaching. She built an apartment and quickly. And then, so, do you know what? It happened that uh, every time, verse 11, and it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there, he came and slept there. And, it, and uh, he said to his servant, Gehazi, call the Shunammite, this woman of Shunem, call her. And when, when he had called her, she stood before him. And the, she asked, he asked the woman and said to, uh, said to him, say now unto, uh, and then she told the servant, okay. So he said to Gehazi, say now unto her, behold, Thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is what is it? What what is to be done for you? A prophet, a prophet can help you. Mm. What is to be done for you? Would would that be spoken for to the king or the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. I'm not an immigrant, so I don't have any immigration problem. Everything is fine. You don't call tattoo office on my behalf. Everything is fine. Go to the next verse. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, what then 
is to be done for her. And Gehazi answered, Verily, she has no child. The husband is old. Oh, no. Okay. Go to the next verse. That will not permit me. So Elijah called and said, you have a child. The woman knew that I've tried and this thing is not part. So I'm not even, don't you hear people come on the platform? They said, it wasn't something I was believing God for. Mm-hmm. I was, my mind was on something else. But later on, I connected. The woman said, no, don't bother, man of God. <laughs> I know it's uh, me, I'm, I'm God. So it's all right. But the man of God told him, in the time of life, according to the time of life, so about this season, according to the time of life, thou shall embrace the son. And she said, my Lord, please, this thing, uh, this thing is very strange. I don't, not that she doubted the man of God's life, but the condition she was living was so impossible. She was thinking, don't bother. Let's maybe something else. But as the man of God said, she cared for the man of God so much. These are prophetic encounters. That's what I'm trying to say. She had a miracle child. When she had the baby, the baby died, the child died. He, became, he grew up with a boy, the boy died. And when the boy died, the woman said, no, I'm going back to the man of God. Man of God, I told you, don't do this. You gave me a chance, look at the problem. He said, don't worry, I'm going, send the servant. And eventually the man of God came, laid on, on the child and restored the child to life and gave the child back to, because there was a prophetic presence in the woman's life. Satan could not just walk in and mess things up. The prophetic presence. Listen, I'm not talking about myself. No, I'm talking about somebody. There's a way through which God visits people. There's a way through which God can turn somebody's life around. Maybe if there was a prophetic voice in your marriage, it wouldn't get where it is. You need that prophetic voice, my, my brother. You need that prophetic voice as you are tra- voice, as you are trying to get into marriage, as you are believing God, sister, you are believing God for miracle marriage. Believe God for a prophetic. Don't just go lonely. Don't just go solo. Believe God for a prophetic voice. You have received the voice. Believe it and go and retain a prophetic voice, prophetic encounters in your life. Because in times of crisis, hallelujah, in times of crisis, there is something you can always trigger. In times of crisis, you need a miracle. When you need something urgently, oh, when there is a prophet, he said, is there not a prophet of God here of whom we can inquire? Is there not a prophet? You it, Listen, it takes agents for God to deliver people's miracles. Mm-hmm. There was a, a, a woman in, in the church that was a Jopa. She died. She had, her name was uh, Dorcas. Yeah, earlier on, did I say Docker is Lydia in Acts chapter 16? It's Lydia who constrained them. But Docker died in Acts chapter 9. And they said, Oh, Peter was in Joppa. Okay, so let's send for Peter. Let, uh, Peter, and there was at Joppa a certain disciple, Tabitha, who is Docker's. All right, and uh, she was a good woman. She died. And when she died, they put her in the room and they said, Peter is nearby. So Peter is not within the territory. Okay, it's rather in, as uh, Peter is in, in, in Lydia, which was near. Joppa. So they sent for Peter. Because they know the prophet is in town. If the prophet come, I told you I had Bishop O'Hare the post testimony. Years ago, he was going to preach somewhere. A child died. The mother carried the child. said, oh, I won't bury this child. Carried the child to, uh, uh, the, the, the declared dead in the hospital. The mother in Nigeria, the mother said, no, my child will not die. She carried the child. Uh, I'm going. They thought she was taking her to another hospital, but she heard that Bishop Oedipo Paul was coming to town that evening. She said, if this man of God is coming, I'm going to the service. I believe that he will speak. God can use him to bring my child back. And then he took the child in the service and people didn't know she was carrying a dead child. And as the man started preaching, he said, is there not a bomb in Gilead? Is there not a bomb in Gilead? As soon as he started declaring the child's sneeze, Jack, 
and came back to life. The woman said, no, there's a prophet in town. There is a prophet in town. There is a prophet. I told you some time ago, I had that Bishop Oye post in town. I had to trigger that the article, <laughs> trigger the clause. I heard Archbishop was in town. I have to trigger. There are certain prophets, when God wants to help you, he will make your path cross. Listen, Pastor Charles, one of the pastors, I think Pastor Charles was telling me the other time, Pastor, I believe that this encounter first was purposely because of certain critical situations God wanted to, to ask to. This encounter first is about prophetic encounters. Prophetic encounters. Prophetic encounters. Had it not been for this encounter first, somebody could have stayed in hospital. Somebody, relative would have died. Even my mother could have lost her life. But thank God for prophetic encounters. Thank God for prophetic encounters. We want a miracle. Believe God. So please make use of these encounters. Make use. Make cash in on cash, cash in on it. Cash in on it day in and day out. Come with, with, with determination and cash in on it. So number one, the word from God. Number two, strong faith. Number three, prof prophetic encounters and pronouncements. And then number four, last one, expectation. You must come with an expectation. If you are believing God, like the woman said, my child must be healed. She, she said in Mark chapter five, only if I can touch the hem of my his garment, I know my servant shall be made whole. I know I shall be whole. If I can touch, my blood flow shall cease. If I can touch, if I can touch, if I can touch. The lady said, my migraine was so bad from 10 a.m. But she said, if I can come on the platform, something said, it's too bad, I can't go on the Zoom. But she said, no, if I can go on the Zoom, I can go and I can have contact with the prophet. If I ask my prophet, someone said, I know that I have a prophet. I know I have a prophet. No, people have problems with it. What, what, why are you guys, why are you guys every time, Pastor David, every time, why do you, why do you, no, no, it's this encounter phase. There's a presence of God and God is working through a man. It's not man, it's God, but he's working through a man. In John chapter one, verse six, there was a man sent from God. His name is John. He's a man, but sent from God. A man, but sent from God. A man, but sent from God. God uses men. And so he said, if I know I have a prophet, she came with an expectation. She came with an expectation and she received her prophet as a prophet. And he's, he's speaking. He's speaking. The anointing is speaking. It's evident in their lives. Many testimonies we hear. As pastor declared, I tapped into it. People who are not even members of Christ. You don't have to be a member of Christ to be a beneficiary of a prophetic grace. Because then if you, once you receive a prophet as a prophet, it works for you. You receive a prophet's reward. You have to. And so you come with an expectation. Expectation. And your level of expectation is the breeding ground for unprecedented miracles. Archbishop Duncan Williams puts it. The, uh, your, your expectation is the breeding ground for unprecedented miracles. If you can expect, God will do it. Jesus said, you are asking me in Mark chapter 9, you say, if you can do it. No, if you can believe. In, in Roman, sorry, in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 14, he said, your, there's an end and your expectation shall not be cut short. Your expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation, he said, there is an end. So, so then, uh, who, uh, it says that, and that expected, uh, there, then there shall be a reward, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation shall not be cut off. Your expectation shall not be cut off in Jesus' name. So shall it be. I see God answering your prayers and turning your situation around. If you believe, shout amen. So you want to provoke a miracle, believe, get a word from God. There's a word is important. Get a word. 
build your faith, be strong in faith. Number, number three, prophetic encounters and declarations. And then number four, expectation. Like I will leave it at that. There's more, but I will leave it here because I believe somebody is poised for a miracle. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.